As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Broadcasting live. Good evening, Blockhead Nation, and thank you for stopping by the show. Once again, you are listening to your favorite Blockhead, the only podcast in the podcasting world that can somehow incorporate the Peanuts comic strip one minute and then be talking about MMA and Warriors Inside the Octagon the next. I am your host. My name is Brian Little, and my buddy Lou got it wrong. Happen to have a friend that comes on this show every once in a while, Lutrition, Jose Shorty Torres from the MMA world. And he put out a book not too long ago that is a great read. Everybody should read it. It's called Change is the Only Constant. But Lou is wrong. There are two things. Change is for sure one of them. And two, you can count on Blockhead every Saturday night bringing you a show. Regardless of how much I knock it out of the park. I think that was in Sea Slickers too. He said that his brother was wrong. There are two things. Whatever this is and gold. Of course, that's the tie-in to them going to search for the gold that was on the map. Me, either way, drifting there, but that's kind of been where my mind is. If you think that every week I'm trying to narrow in on something that has to do with the peanuts just so I can make sure that it is quality and bring it out to you, that's just not the way it is. Sometimes my mind goes to other things just like yours. My mind's been a lot on lyrical um, tie-ins this week. A lot of it's just been songs that have been from the past coming forward. Saw an update on my Facebook the other day that Third Eye Blind's 1997 debut album was 25 years ago. I I can quote lines from Third Eye Blind all day long, but are they relevant to this show? Not necessarily. But either way, I'll bring this full uh, circle into the peanuts, but I'm not always going to deliver. You can count on consistency, but sometimes you're just not going to get quality, are you? But I can tell you that I've thought about a few that might tie in because sometimes us podcasters try to identify ourselves with somebody else. We try to keep up with the Joneses, just like a lot of you listening do. Whether that's keeping up with the latest car, thinking you got to have a bigger house. Whatever it is to impress people you don't really like. There's something about keeping up with the Joneses that is just disheartening and it is draining It's toxic in so many ways. Some of us podcasters do it. I'm going to be the next Rogan. I hate to break it to you. Blockhead says, no, you're not. 
You are not going to be the next Jordan Arbinger. You're not going to be the next Adam Carolla. If you decide to drop a podcast, you are going into a very heavily saturated realm. And you're going to have to be you. That's going to bring in your audience. Ozeal talks about things like this all the time. But if you wonder where my mind is, it's an old song by John Anderson. If you're worried about if I have any needs on this podcast here, the truth is I've got the morning sun. I've got the evening breeze. I've got the woman that I love lying close to me. I've got a few good friends, and my bills are paid. I've got the moon and stars above. I've got it made. There's something about, as John Anderson says in that song, that it's okay to be content with what you've got. If you need to hear this, then maybe it's good that I drifted off the page a little bit. Or maybe some of you are going, oh man, am I going to hear anything peanuts? I've been dying to hear it. You're going to hear it on the back end. But I think Crossfade came out with a famous song called Colors that said something about, of all the colors that you shine, this is surely not your best. Sure, that's kind of what you can expect here. Being vulnerable with you. Maybe it's like the song Evanescence. Somehow now you're everybody's fool. My mind hasn't been on looking for tie-ins for peanuts all week. I had to dig. I had to go, okay, Charles Schultz Museum, what have you got for me? And I found something that I hadn't looked at in a while, which is the queen of Sparky, known as Jean Schultz. Charles Schultz's wife, Jean, still puts out a blog quite often that gives updates on what's going on in the Charles Schultz Museum. But what I happen to like about this one is the artist that is Charles Schultz just comes out again. It's leaving a lasting impression. It's a really good blog that starts off by saying that during the 1960s that Charles Schultz, Sparky, had had a lot of construction going on. But he took the time when the cement was wet to go in and do what a cartoonist does to draw in America's favorite dog, Snoopy. He couldn't resist the urge to take a nail to that wet cement, could he? And in that cement, he happens to have a picture that I'm pulling up now that has Snoopy holding a tennis racket. Now, I'm not sure if he was following the tennis players of that time. I know he's mentioned McEnroe a couple of times, but there was an episode where you get to see Snoopy play some tennis. It starts off with supposedly going to be Linus and Sally playing a game, but the court's full of big kids. And, of course, Linus is venting about it. And somewhere in there, Sally thinks it's a grad idea to yell out a threat. You big kids get off the court right now, or my boyfriend will clobber you. Of course, she looks around, and Linus is nowhere to be seen. And she echoes his lesson. That's the only trouble with tennis. You can't play alone. But then you see Snoopy play an unidentified player. He goes back and forth. Has a lot of these different calls that I'm not familiar with in tennis, but maybe you are. Love 15, love 30, a foot fault. That happened at one point. Gets him irritated. And finally, when it comes down to the last second, Snoopy blows it. The game is set in winter, and it happens to be the unidentified player. happens to be Woodstock. Which, further on in that episode, it literally has Charlie Brown in a motocross competition. So if you needed to know what the tie-in was for this week, then it's really tying into the blog from the Charles Schultz Museum and that picture from the 1960s that has Snoopy hitting a tennis ball. 
Now, there are a few more of them that come up later. I think there was one in the 1990s. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, 1996, that Sparky added to the kennel area where the Schultz Canine Companions for Independence Training Center was in Santa Rosa. So a lot of these collections have been saved and salvaged by the Charles Schultz Museum. So it's it's great. And even things like Snoopy, Snoopy on Ice is even found within the realms of the construction and the concrete and the wet cement and his kids leaving their entrails. So that's where I had to go to this week. Sometimes I don't always leave a lasting impression with these episodes, do I? But you can count on the fact that every week, come rain or shine, snow or hail, then you're going to get an episode from your favorite blockhead unless you've been informed otherwise. That's just consistently doing what Ozeal and Pod Houston talked about, which is showing up. Showing up and sticking with it. And maybe, just maybe, that might be what you need to hear. Maybe you need to hear the vulnerability. And if you're wondering about it, do I feel like my podcast is, is a success? Earl Nightingale said it better than anybody else. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. He didn't say somebody who's the next Joe Rogan. He didn't say somebody who lives in a mansion and has a stretch limousine. He didn't say somebody who can quit their day job and then go work for themselves, which quite frankly can be a lot more work than working a manual labor job or working with us in the middle income like a lot of us do. You know, that could be something if somehow this podcast blew up, then Blockhead could distance himself from the fans that tune in and the Blockhead Nation. As long as you know where you're going and you are doing what you have to to get there, you are by definition a success. has nothing to do with your monetary gain. You need to hear that. Maybe it's back to getting back to contentment. Leave the lasting impression of, I have what I have, I'm content with it, and as John Anderson once said, I've got it made. You're getting that from Blockhead. Maybe that's the lasting impression. Maybe you can leave something special in that wet cement moving forward with your own legacy. Blockhead Nation, thank you once again for tuning into this episode of the Your Favorite Blockhead Podcast. This show is sponsored by KitCaster. Guys, did you know that having a podcast is a great way to grow not only your personal brand, but your business? Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to brands we buy from. And what better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your story on a podcast? That's where KitCaster comes in. KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. Whether you're an expert in the field or you just have a unique story to share, it's time to explore the world of podcasting with KitCaster. Go to the link at kitcaster.com slash blockhead to apply for a special offer for listeners of this show. That's kitcaster.com slash blockhead. You'll find that in the blog, the notes for today's show. Let's get back to the episode. Our scripture of the day comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, we also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. To make this more clear, 
Reflection in Blue Layer Bible says, Take heart, for though you be of weak conscience and unsteady faith, your life is now hidden in Christ Jesus. And where you show weakness, he shows strength. That's who to look to. You can count on another constant that Jesus Christ still reigns supreme. God is still on his throne. And as we continue forward into some concepts about MMA, I could get into 273 in just a minute. Those that haven't tuned in, you have a chance now. The main event hasn't even stopped started yet. we still got the prelims going on. But I can give you a little insight to something. If you really want to know who's a legitimate tough guy, you don't have to look at their muscles. You don't have to look at their Instagram pages and their poses. You don't have to look at their cardio. All you got to do, if you are not aware of this, is look at their ears. This is laid out in a book by Mark Schultz. If you're not familiar with Mark Schultz, you may be familiar with something called Foxcatcher. This can tie back to one of the most senseless tragedies in the history of collegiate wrestling. Dave Schultz being murdered in cold blood by John DuPont during the days of Foxcatcher, which was a wrestling organization to help the guys get to the Olympics so they can only just go to the facilities and just train and not have to worry about their bills, not have to worry about anything else except wrestling to get gold medals. That's what Foxcatcher was all about and the intent behind it. But, of course, John DuPont eventually goes crazy, and that, that's another long story. And it's laid out very vividly in the book that Mark Schultz, Dave's brother, wrote. Now, Mark Schultz was a legitimate, legitimate tough guy, too. Actually stepped in the cage in the UFC back in the uh, golden years. But he mentions a story that we need to consider. He's on a bus with his wrestlers. The coach is driving the bus, and they make a pit stop. Somewhere in between there, I'm not sure if it was Mark or if it was somebody else. It's been a while since I read the book. But somewhere in there, they start having to dust up verbally with a bunch of guys at the gas station. The wrestlers all want to prove that they're tough guys. The coach cannot afford for this to go down right before they get to the meet. So what happens is somehow, in some way, this coach, who is actually in any way smaller than the guys that he's training, actually starts not only getting the guys on the bus, but I think he started throwing them onto the bus, like legitimately grabbing Mark and throwing him onto the stairs and getting the guys inside. And when they're inside of the bus, they go straight to the window, and this coach is berating these gas station guys. Now, they couldn't hear the dialogue of what he said, but he kept pointing to his ears. And these guys get a deer-in-the-headlight look, and they back off and walk away. This coach must have had some legitimate cauliflower ear that can be seen on a lot of collegiate wrestlers. So if you want to know who is a legitimate tough guy who's been thrown on the ground many times, who has been in a few scuffles in his life with somebody who can do jujitsu and do grappling and can strike and kickbox with the best of them, take a look at the cauliflower ear that they've got. There's a few of them that come straight to my mind that I can tell you are legitimate tough guys just by looking at their ears. Michael Chandler is one of them. Take a look at his ears sometime. Dustin Poirier, take a look at his ears sometime. If you haven't looked, a legitimate 
likable guy in the UFC, but you want to talk tough as nails, just start by looking at his ears. Tony Ferguson has some scary cauliflower ear. And what makes it even more exciting is Chandler and Ferguson are going to throw down. I can't tell you who's going to win that fight at 274. I happen to like both guys. My heart is gravitating towards Michael Chandler, who had my heart over at Bellator. But I know how legitimately tough Tony Ferguson is. Anybody that has him as a win on the docket, then they have something to be proud of. Like Justin Gaethje, like Khabib. But this guy has some scary cauliflower And let me tell you who else has some scary cauliflower here. The enigma that is the people's main event tonight, known as Hamshat Shemaev. This guy has got some nasty cauliflower ear. You can go watch the pre-show if you want to on ESPN Plus and look at what he went through. His life was changed when he watched Connor knock Jose Aldo out in 13 seconds. And he's like, I know I can do better than that guy. Lived inside of a gym, inside of a small room in the back, and now is one win away from being possibly the number one contender or the guy to go up against Colby Covington. Why do I say that? He's facing number two. He's facing a legitimate tough guy as well in Gilbert Burns. He's facing a wrestler. Number two ranked. Sometimes the rankings don't matter. Not when you have an anomaly like Hamsat Chemaev, who Dana White has said himself, I've been in this game a long time, and I've never seen anybody like this guy. So if you haven't been, if you're on the fence about watching UFC 273, you should get the pay-per-view just to see what happens with Chemaev versus Burns. But this, I believe, will be his hardest night out. I'm not going to count out Gilbert Burns automatically. I'm just not. If you look over the last seven years, he's got one loss. And that one loss is to the champion Kamaru Usman. One loss in over seven years, and now Chemayev can come in. If he derails Gilbert Burns, then the hype train gets behind what I am begging for. I'm not going to say it makes sense, but I would love to see Chemayev throw hands with Colby Covington. It doesn't automatically allow him a chance to be the number one contender. you still got a fight that's coming up a week from now that's going to be Vicente Luque versus Bilal Muhammad. We need to see who wins this fight. Recency bias is a real thing, but Shemaev is a real hype train if you haven't tuned into that tonight. Now, the fight that should have happened a long time ago, I remember venting about this fight back when the illegal knee happened. Sterling is looking good, but I'm going to tell you now, guys, the Chael curse has been thrown upon Aljamain Sterling. The curse is now in place. Anytime that Chael Sonnen picks somebody to win, it's not good to go in that direction. The favorites are clearly tonight going to be Chemayev, Pewter Yawn, and Alexander Volkanovsky. Those just make a lot of practical sense. If you are a betting person, which I'm not, but you can go to DraftKings, knock yourself out, do the parlay if you want to, by all means. Y'all are grown men and grown women listening to this, but that's that's not my thing. But I will tell you that the odds are very much in their favor. Chael has put in the curse on picking Aljamain Sterling, the guy who got the illegal knee, who technically was doing very well the first couple of rounds. I'd say he won those rounds until that fourth round when he was in trouble against Pewter Yawn. 
at least if we're going to go to the scorecards, Sterling might have pulled off, off a split decision. But I was so upset about the illegal knee, and I was so upset about later on that Sterling is posing for a stare down with Henry Cejudo. Now my gloves were off. YFB let loose in the podcasting world on that one. So this one is a right that needs to have been made right, a wrong that needs, needs to be made right for a long time. So the co-main event is a real deal, but the curse is there. The curse is now on Korean Zombie. Korean Zombie has been predicted by Chael that he is going to knock out Alexander Volkanovsky. Where in the world are we getting that kind of logic? Any given Saturday, I understand that anytime you step in the cage, anything is possible. One thing's for sure is nothing is for sure, but we're talking about the same guy that was able to withstand punches from possibly the greatest boxer in all of MMA, which is Max Holloway. He was able to withstand him twice. How can you tell me Korean Zombie can do this unless he lands the perfect... Not- and I don't see how Volkanovsky, who... This is a guy who, after doing so well in this division, he could relax his hands a little bit. He doesn't do it. He goes even more textbook. He's even more crisp every time he gets out there. He's more. He's better with his head movements. He's a lot more crisp with his leg switches going from southpaw back into normal position. This is a guy that just sticks to what's been working, and then he polishes it the next time around. But if it's is it possible? I guess. Korean Zombie is at the risk of losing nothing and the opportunity to gain it all, to gain the championship for the featherweights. But Volkanovski is a guy that can stand and bang with the very best, which is Max Holloway. He, Brian Ortega couldn't do that with this guy. So the odds are very much in favor of Chemayev and Pewter Yawn and Volkanovski. If you want to go opposite of that, maybe you could shock the world if you want to. I just believe we're going to, I'm not a person who gives my predictions and things like this. Burns is going to be a very tough night out for Chemayev in my mind, but he hasn't gotten past a round. This is going to be fast. The people's fight is going to be that one. Co-main event is a wrong that should have been fixed a long time ago. We are finally making a wrong a right. Whoever is the rightful winner, is going to, I hope, happens tonight. And then we have Volkanovsky, Alexander the Great, versus number four ranked Korean Zombie. Fantastic, fantastic lineup. If you haven't decided to watch it, I hope I've talked you into the building because that's my job. My job is to build up the narrative. And we will see you guys next Saturday for the next episode. Continue to check out the guys on the YFB Network. Go to yourfavoriteblockhead.com slash blog for all the links that are available to the day's show. Once again, a shout-out to Rob and Diggy A2 for a wonderful podcast that I got to be on last week. And this is Your Favorite Blockhead sign out. We will see you next Saturday. Same Blockhead time, same Blockhead channel.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.